Mino Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. Let me learn everything I can and then let me go ahead and do what I'm inspired to do. But every time it's like, okay, I've learned everything with products. And it's like, well, have you lived in Shanghai? Have you built a market? No. Well, have you looked at technology? Well, no. Have you ever built a brand? And it's like, well, no, I guess I need to learn that too. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Kelly Jacob, founder of Asri Wellness. Before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and your feedback means so much to us. I love reading the ratings and the reviews and getting all the DMs, so Thank you so much for your support. All right, everyone. Kelly spent 10 years at Estee Lauder Companies in a number of roles spanning global product development at Mac Cosmetics to lead of millennial innovation to Estee Lauder Ventures. In that time, Kelly has worked on four product patent teams, launched two brands under the Estee Lauder portfolio, and led the global retail expansion of some of the company's recently acquired brands, including Becca Cosmetics. Throughout her career, Kelly has displayed an ability to not only recognize developing trends, but to harness that knowledge to cultivate and grow innovative brands that meet the needs of a rapidly changing marketplace. Now, Kelly has taken all of her knowledge and experience and has focused on the wellness industry, investing her energies in developing Asri Wellness, a holistic wellness and skincare company that both redefines the concept of modern beauty and reshapes how we approach our skin and wellness. Kelly is a certified integrative health and nutrition coach and NLP practitioner. In her practice, she helps clients get in touch with their true potential and release them from any blocks or limiting beliefs that are holding them back, while giving them the tools to experience true, lasting transformation and create the fulfilling life of their dreams. Well, I want all of that, and I'm excited to have Kelly on the show. Kelly, welcome to Business of the Beat. I am so excited. I I've just been thinking about this and reading all about you and learning more about you and wellness is just so important. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. It's like the best of all worlds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, beauty, business, wellness. (laughs) It's like the whole thing. And, and you are, I mean, I'm like, I just can't wait. We're going to jump in. And I have to say that, you know, congratulations, because by the time this comes out, you will be married. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's so exciting. And also, I had to tell you, I saw your recipe for the sugar-free oatmeal, and mine is like ready to go downstairs under a little tray. So thank you for that. Oh, awesome. 
yeah, it's like all these little hacks from nature, right? Like you just need to know how all the tools are here and available for us. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. All the tools are here. So, so let's get started. I want to hear about these tools. I'm going to hear about you. I always just love to talk about the journey. Like what was your growing up? Where did you grow up? How did you pivot from Estee Lauder into being an entrepreneur in your wellness company? So, so bring us up to speed on your journey. Okay. So there are actually a lot of pivots in my journey. Um, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, this, the daughter of Oswald Jacob, a, a Trinidad, an immigrant from Trinidad. My mom is from New Jersey. And, you know, I grew up where academics was first and foremost. Went to private school, was groomed to just go to the top colleges. And when the time came to graduate, college didn't feel right to me. And I made the decision to not go to college. And that did not go over very well with my family. Let's just leave it there. But that felt what, like the right decision for me. And actually, that was the first time that I learned the power of following my gut, my intuition. So when I decided not to go to college, one thing I was very passionate about was the arts. So I ended up working for an art gallery in Greenwich, Connecticut, studying their bid list. And after several months of getting good at that job and understanding kind of the way the industry worked, I realized there was an opportunity to start selling pieces and artwork online. So I started selling online for the company and started their business. They were making three times as much on the online business I had set up than they were in their physical gallery. So I decided to do it for myself. And at 18, I launched Oswald Cleveland Gallery. So this is before Instagram and Facebook and social media in that way. But what was really big at the time was reality TV. And I had always wanted to model, but was always kind of pushed towards academics and never got to like follow that dream. So I saw this great opportunity to go on America's Next Top Model, where I could live out a childhood <laughs> fantasy of learning how to become a model, but also have this chance to let the world know that this gallery exists and that I exist in the world. So I auditioned just like everyone else. I stood in line for six hours and was, I think I was number 783. And then I was selected to be a contestant on America's Next Top Model season three. And a very interesting experience. I feel like that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> You're like, I'll come back to that. But the learning. Yeah. But, you know, one thing that was really interesting to me is there was one episode where we had to all do our makeup. And I did my makeup the best I could. We're using CoverGirl makeup. And I go in front of the judges. And Tara's like, Kelly, as women of color, you have to use more makeup. Makeup's not made for us. It doesn't show up on our skin tone. So you have to work harder and do better. And that always stuck with me. Um, after I left the show, I continued to work in the gallery and eventually did go to college. Um, I went to Hunter College, got very involved there. And through Hunter College, I got an internship at Estee Lauder. And I started in global product. I started in global communications because I was a media major. I love to write and share information. Um, but then when I graduated, my first job was in global product development for Mac Cosmetics. And my full circle moment was the first project that I had was developing a line for Mac Pro for eyeshadows, a whole line of products specifically made for darker wow. skin tones to be ample, like amply pigmented. Wow. So it was like, that was my moment. Like there is no, this is the way it is. This is your chance to do it better. And so that being my introduction into beauty, it's also kind of been my kind of guiding light of you see where things are now, but there's always a chance to do it better. And I've had an amazing experience at Estee Lauder. I was there for 10 years. 
As I mentioned, I worked in global product development. I worked in corporate innovation. So looking 10 years out, imagining what the world will be and should be and developing patented technology. I lived in Shanghai for several years, helping to grow that market. Uh, I then went in, I was lead of millennial innovation. So looking at how we can use technology to build better and stronger and more authentic relationships with our consumers. And then I got the really unique opportunity to develop two brands while at Estee Lauder, um, one in partnership with Sephora and the other with Victoria Beckham. So really an amazing career and opportunity to really touch every key aspect um, of the business. Um, but still having this really kind of deep understanding and philosophy in mind that just because it's not there doesn't mean that it can't exist. Or just because it's done in this way doesn't mean it has to stay this way. And always looking at the world and what was going on around me and my life, what I was seeing in trends and using that as an inspiration to develop new things and be an innovator. So um, through, I'll, we can get into this too later, but through my own personal journey, my start to kind of my health started to decline. And, you know, doctors were, you know, trying to prescribe me all these different things. And everyone was kind of pacifying symptoms, right? And I would, you know, have breakouts. And it's like, oh, just like, put this acid on it. And I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, I'm like, maybe there's something else going on. And this is when I really started leaning into the wellness side. I actually um, spent a month in Bali and went under the care of an Ayurvedic doctor to really understand why? You know, everything is connected. And it was during that time in Bali that I really kind of understood the mind, body, soul, and even skin connection. And that really inspired what I do today with Azri. That, I mean, there's so many tools there. Um, I'm, that's why I'm just, I'm so excited about this. Like, and I love when you talk about the decisions that you made. So you didn't go to college, you go out, you, I love how you said that was really the first time, like I'm stepping out and I'm following my gut, which is a lesson that we all have to learn. And then you were out and you pivoted and you decided to go back to college. Like what, what was that like, especially kind of in the midst of what you had already started to do from your career? So what made, what was that pivot? Oh yeah. So I wasn't planning on going to college, right? So at that time, so after the show, there was another pivot. So while I was on Top Model, before I went on Top Model, I was selling 19th and 20th century pieces, you know, to very specific collectors, not necessarily the audience of America's Next Top Model. So between the time that I shot it and the time that it aired, I had to rethink who my audience was and what was relevant. So I got really cool young artists that would create like these pictures with frames you could plug your other at that time iPods into. Um, so it was so and also create new items at a price point available to young people that were watching the show. So I got to, I was doing very well after the show. I had a staff of five people. And at that time, I was actually being invited into colleges to speak about how to be an entrepreneur. So I mean, I'm totally going to age myself. That's fine. <laughs> and, <laughs> so this is now, I think, 2004, right? So like before the Zuckerbergs and like young entrepreneurs, you don't have many 19-year-old black women, you know, running businesses. And so they want to know how I did it. So I'd go to schools and speak about my journey and, and, you know, what it takes to write a business plan and getting investment, all of these things. And then I remember I was invited to speak at Hunter. They're like, you know, you should come here. Like, you know, you're doing... I'm like 
you know, I'm like, why would I go to college? I'm like, I'm, my, I was very arrogant. I was like, you know, I'm literally teaching college. I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> teaching you. So no. <laughs> They're like, no, you know, you never know. Like this is like, you, they, they help me understand that life is really long. I think sometimes when you're young and sometimes when you're in any situation, you think that this is all there is, right? Even good times, bad times. But the reality is life is long. And what you're experiencing now, like if you told me, 10 years ago that I would own a wellness company and be a meditation teacher and like put sugar-free oatmeal recipes on Instagram. <laughs> like I wouldn't have known that. I was like a jet setter. It's out every night. Like, you know, so you just never know where life will lead you. So why not give yourself all the tools that you can have to prepare you for whatever comes next that you may not be able to see down the line. And what was interesting is when I got to Hunter you know, there were a lot of things like I remember the library was really bad, like teacher evaluations weren't online, like there were just things that didn't seem right. And I got really excited because I'm like, we could change the school. Like, let's get let's renovate the library. Let's get things online. Let's, you know, let's encourage the students to get more involved. And by the time I left, we had raised, I helped to raise $80 million to renovate the library at Hunter College. Um, I actually now sit as one of the youngest board of directors on the board of trustees. And I have to say that time at Hunter, in addition to get a college, getting a college degree and understanding media and learning these new skills, it also showed me, you know, if you're thinking, when I thought about myself as an entrepreneur, it's like, I can do all these things. But it taught me that you could do so much more as a part of something bigger than yourself. And that phase is what I feel like prepared me for my role in corporate America. So it definitely, it served its purpose, not just the degree. So for any young people listening to this, you know, you don't always know, you know, they say hindsight's 2020, but everything is teaching you and preparing you in some way, even if you may not be able to connect the dots now. And the best thing that you can do is be present and fully listen to your gut and show up for the opportunities that are in front of you. Oh my gosh. I, I absolutely love, I love so many things. And even this notion that life is long, I think so many people have got into this, like, you know, FOMO and YOLO and all the different things. And like life is short, but life is long. And if we can reframe our thinking about our different experiences as part of our journey, I think that's where it's really exciting. And, and I love this, like, even when we talk about being an entrepreneur, there's so many entrepreneurs you know, that, that listen, that contact us and they're young and they just want to be out there and they think that they know everything. And they're like, I have all this experience I need. And what I love about your story is that you said, wait a second, I was arrogant because I was doing this. I was doing it. I was teaching. But then I said, wait a second, let me take a step back. And how that prepared you for the experience at Estee Lauder. So I think one of the things that we hear is, I've had this experience. I now want to, I've worked in a corporation. I now want to go leave and start my own experience. And you kind of did the reverse. You were on your own. You went to corporate and then you went back on your own. Like, are there tips or learnings or things that you can share with people who are kind of at that crossroad as well? Yeah. So I look at everything as inspiration or there's an opportunity here. Like, what's the gift? Like, do you know what I mean? Like every, I know it's not to be like sappy, but like the present is a gift. It's a present, right? So there's something in it. And if I feel something like in my, my gut, my body, like family used to always say, like, I cannot tell a lie. Like you will see in my face, I'll like break out in hives. Like my body will, it, it guides me. Um, so 
when I felt like college wasn't right, I'm like, I need to do something on my own. There's something I need to learn or something I need to understand in life. Like I need to know why I'm doing it. When I made the decision to go to college, there was something in me. I'm like, well, wait a second. Like I've never been a part of like a big group or I've done bigger things. Like there's something here, you know, the, 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 the job will always be there, but there was something about the exposure to college. And then there's definitely my internship and my exposure to the beauty industry. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. And as soon as you have that awareness of what you don't know, you already reached a whole new level. Right. And so I think sometimes, you know, maybe it's ego or whatever it may be. Some people are like, well, I don't know that. So it's not for me. I'm like, I don't know that what's over here. Like, let's learn more. And like, it just informs me of like, wait a second, like that in itself is like a gift, like knowing your blind spots and knowing kind of what you can do. And it's funny. I feel like that's what I help people do in my practice now. Um, so that's why, you know, it wasn't for me, it wasn't about, you know, oh, I'm dropping, I'm leaving Azuri. I mean, I'm leaving Oswald Cleveland or losing my entrepreneurship. I'm like, wow, there's like a whole new world over here. And it's like, you're going up to the next phase in like in a video game or something. And then when it came to transitioning from Estee Lauder to now being an entrepreneur, I'll be honest, when I went into Lauder, I even said to myself, I'll be here for five years. My goal is really just to learn everything. And then I'm an Aries. I'm an only child, like year of the rat, like everything in my chart, like a generator, like all everything about me is like being entrepreneur, um, being an entrepreneur, being, you know, independent, paving the way. But, you know, there was something in that time at Lauder of learning. So I'm like, let me learn everything I can. And then let me go ahead and do like what I'm inspired to do. But every time, and I think that's why I changed, I've had so many roles at Lauder. Every time it's like, okay, I've learned everything with product. And it's like, well, have you lived in Shanghai? Have you built a market? No. Well, have you looked at technology? Well, no. Have you ever built a brand? And it's like, well, no, I guess I need to learn that too. Then it was, you know, well, do you understand retail marketing? And so all these opportunities kept you know, there are all these new chapters and things to open up. And then I think that the catalyst for me for moving was like, you know, when I stopped feeling inspired and it, I started kind of that little, you know, I'm an excitable person, you know, and that, that flame and that light and that excitement every day, like I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing. And this is like, it feels expansive, right? Like I ask my clients when you're torn between two things, close your eyes and don't and take a few deep breaths and Think of the thing you want and don't ask for yes or no, you know, think about the thing. And when you think about it, does it feel, do you feel expansive and light and like you're like you're floating and just like a smile comes over or do you feel like heavy and constrained? Like that's one of the first little exercises of just really understanding your intuition. And so when work started to feel like heavy and, you know, my body was sluggish and I was fatigued and I started having these things like something's not really right here. And everyone thought I was crazy because I was making an amazing salary and I'm traveling and have all the perks in the world. But I'm like, it's not right. There's, this, isn't, this isn't part of the path. And that's when I made the decision to, to follow my gut again. Wow. I mean, the courage to look within and to have perspective is it's something that I think we all work to do. Right. And we want to say we have perspective and we want to try and say like, I'm going to do this so that I can learn this, or, you know, this is helping me. But then deep down inside, we have to listen to our gut and know that that may not be what suits us or what's for us in that moment. And the way that you define it is just so clear. And so let's talk about now the evolution of Osri. And I was reading about 
the meaning because it comes from the Indonesian word for beauty and one that encompasses the senses. So, so talk about the journey to Osri, what it means, why you're doing it and like the purpose. Yeah. So Osri, so as you mentioned, it's a, it's a whole, it's a different type of beauty, right? When I, it's really interesting. So the first, the first iteration was as with Osri was really beauty, right? And it's beauty products. And I actually came upon this through my journey you know, I come back from Bali. I was I was teaching meditation. I, I knew I wanted to get into some a cleaner type of beauty, and I was more conscious about what I was putting in and on my body. So I started to develop cleaner solutions and just basic general care. And then my dad passed on my birthday unexpectedly, and I broke out in the worst acne I had ever experienced. I mean, in addition to the grieving of. I mean, trust me, it's still, I'm like, my birthdays will never be the same. Um, but, you know, just the grieving, I, you could see this, it was actually the emotion, like it was all on my skin. And I remember going to dermatologists and they were like, okay, yeah, we'll just give you this like antibiotic and this retinol and this and that. And I'm just like, well, you know, I'm not getting my period. You know, my hormones are all out of whack. Obviously I'm stressed because I'm still going through this grieving process and no one was paying attention to that. And coming out of my experience with Bali and understanding how just the mind and body were connected, I realized the skin is connected too. And there was so much that had to happen. And the things that we see on our face, like people always talk about having a bright glowing like complexion, all of these things are determined by what's going on inside. So one, my product development got way more aggressive to understand what actually was going on on the skin. And we can get into that. But it also opened my eyes to just how internal beauty is and how much of it is contributed to our mindset, our bodies functioning in balance. When those things are aligned, everything shines. And, you know, the product is one part of it. But I realized that really, I know this is, you know, some sappy as it may sound, beauty comes from within. And I wanted to understand why. So I actually became an integrative health and nutritionist to understand, so what should I be eating? What are the things that I need to be in balance to make sure my microbiome is in check, to make sure that I am just radiating at my best, right? Because things in Bali and working with Ayurveda and meditation are very spiritual. But as a product developer, I'm like, there's a science behind this and I want to understand it. And so I started understanding that. I'm like, why doesn't everyone understand that their hormones can be imbalanced and things like cramps don't have to happen and feeling fatigue is not normal. And, you know, why don't we understand how to work with our bodies? And so I just wanted to, I put it out there. I think I did like one post. I just made a website just like, hey, did you know that you can uplevel your life and feel great just by like making a few tweaks in like your diet and your mindset? And I started People like literally the day I put like launched the site, people started reaching out and I started taking on clients and it was, um, it was amazing to see what happens. But even more than just making dietary changes, like everyone knows, drink more water, get more sleep. We all know these things. But what I started to realize when I spoke to people, so much of it is mindset. So many times people know exactly what it is they want to do, or they understand that, yeah, I'm eating a lot because I'm really unhappy in my job, or, you know, I feel really lonely, or I'm just not living, I don't have any passions. And they all know what's kind of driving it. And that led me to start understanding why, like why, you know, like I see all the things you want and you're, you're kind of getting in your own way. And I started to study NLP, which is neuro-linguistics programming to understand how the mind works. So how is it that our subconscious and the way we think about ourselves and believe in ourselves and talk to ourselves and, you know, the things that the way we kind of look at the world, how is that impacting the results that we're getting? 
And I started helping people in a much deeper way. And when I started seeing people, this is even before the products came out, but people look different, right? Like not only were they fit, because obviously they were exercising, but their skin was glowing. They smiled differently. It looked like they had like facelifts because like their faces were energized and happy. But I realized it always, it also really took them having the tools to be able to do that, but also having the space to have those conversations. And so now, Asri, now I have Asri Wellness which is really a community and a space and a service to really be there and support people. Because I like, I've had so many clients that have come in in one career that are now entrepreneurs making three times as much as they were in their other jobs. I have people that came in that, you know, were really shy that are now like hosting YouTube shows with like tens of thousands of viewers. I'm like, wait a second, can I hire you now? But you just have to really give people the space. And I'm, you know, I speak with everyone before I take a client on. And I've been so blessed with the community that we've created and the people that are involved. And even now, as you know, as mentioned, I'm getting married. I'm thinking about having children. And I look at like all of these products that I can't use, right? And I think so much of skincare and the beauty industry is now it's like you've got a pimple. Oh my God, we got a take that thing away. Instead of looking at skin is like your check engine light. And if there's something going on, it's kind of telling you if there's something kind of maybe internal, maybe physical, maybe emotional, emotional that you need to kind of check in on. And that's where the root is. And so with Asri Wellness, we're able to help people get to that whole root balance alignment. But then also with our future skincare offering, help people maintain that balance on the outside as well as inside. So it's really a whole body experience. And company. It's so true. Everyone looks to something's wrong, or like you said, you broke out, put this on it, take this. Like, and it's like you don't, you have to look so much deeper so that you can really understand what's happening internally. And it's, I've been on this really interesting wellness journey, and it's just, and I see the difference whenever you're thinking about it mentally. And I know. You did a clubhouse a while back that was called Mind, Body, and Purpose, the Trifecta of Health and Wellness. And as you're talking, I'm like, it's so true in terms of aligning the mindset, the body, and the purpose. And I was listening to the talk that you did on the six principles of NLP, and those tips were phenomenal. So I don't know if you would, I love them. If you would share, you talk about neuro-linguistic programming, um, which sounds phenomenal. But what were some of those six principles that you were sharing that I think we all need to think about and live by? Yeah. So it, it's amazing. If there's, or, I know I'm like, I read a lot. So I'll also give you guys a book to read too. But NLP, not just NLP, but just how your mind works. Like this is what I kind of started off with before of, you know, learning your blind spots. And the more you understand, the more that you can do and, and, the, and the more context you have. Um, so one of the things that there's a book, if anyone's interested in this, I would recommend reading Psycho-Cybernetics um, by Maxwell Maltz. But when we talk about the six principles of NLP, the first is being aware, right? Or even more than that, making a decision. So many times we, you know, we're like, well, you, you kind of know what you want to do, but you don't. And we just kind of like waver through life of like, I'm in this job. I'm not really happy, but I'm just kind of here. So I'll just kind of be unhappy versus like, you know what? I want to be happy. This is something that I want for myself. I'm actually going to decide that this is the state that I want to be in. And so you make this decision. The second thing is then, okay, I've made this decision and realizing that 
you are at cause for everything that happens in your life, right? Like, I always say whenever something happens that makes me upset, I always remind myself that someone else can be going through the same thing. And then like, it would just roll off their back. You know, we come with our personal experiences, we come with our filters that kind of cause us to see the world, you know, through a certain lens and, and perceive it and, and emote to it in a certain way. So you have a lot of power in that where you can actually decide I'm choosing the state that I want to be in. I want to be happy or I want to be inspired. And I want to see this as something that's going to help me grow in the long run. And that mindset shift helps you kind of ease through it and actually opens you to see other things. Um, and then there's also feedback, right? Like oftentimes we kind of, we go, we go, we go, and we don't really listen to the feedback and we don't really take in why something is happening or what's not working, right? So for example, with me, I started working in an art gallery and it was great, but I'm like, you know, but this particular gallery is not working for me. And I really like the online part. That's what I'm listening to. So I'm going to take that feedback and I'm going to continue that way. Um, and then you just keep going and you have to take action, right? So when you make a decision, you're, you're listening to feedback, but more importantly, to get that feedback, you have to take action. So oftentimes, one of the, the, the first exercises I give my clients just to kind of pull this together is... I have them create their after list, right? So imagine the universe, like wave this magic wand and you can have anything in the world. Like, who are you? What do you look like? What's around you? How do you feel? How do you show up? Are you confident? Do you speak a lot? You know, where do you live? Like, like really close your eyes and envision those things that you have. And I have them read it and then write it down. I have that be the first thing they look at every single day, just to start training your subconscious of like, you know, they write in the present, like, you know, I am confident, I am happy, I am at peace, I am, you know, supported by those around me, whatever it may be. But you start to kind of, you're starting to, you know, you're starting to kind of introduce a new type of self-talk, right? Um, without getting into too much of, you know, the science of it all, it really is your subconscious is kind of like your, it's almost like a, it's almost like a thermostat in that you set a thermostat to like 65 and say the the door opens and like a cold air comes in that sends into the thermostat sends a note to the furnace it kicks up and then you know it knows that it send, sends more heat to get it back to 65 the same kind of works with our own self image if you believe something about yourself like maybe your third grade teacher said you know you you, you can't read fast so you're kind of stupid and you just have this in your this idea in your head no matter what happens you will always kind of go back to it as we see this a lot with people that perceive themselves to be overweight. You know, it's like, we'll go on a diet and then we'll go off because we haven't really changed that on a self, uh, a self image standpoint. So when we start to reinforce this new self image of who I am, you're telling your subconscious, actually, this is our setting and this is what we're going. And then your subconscious works on your behalf to actually start making that so. So what happens is you start seeing new opportunities that you haven't seen before. You start looking at things through a different perspective. But one of the pow most powerful tools we have to do that is through repetition. I'm, I'm getting this. It's psycho-cybernetics. Yeah. So actually, Maxwell Maltz was a, um, a plastic surgeon. And she's like, why is it that I do all these plastic surgeries? And like, people still like see themselves and they still have the same issues or they still feel like they're not attractive. Like I've actually physically changed your face. So it's something going on internally. And actually that's the root. So that's why, you know, I pr like integrate NLP to understand what's the root of what's stopping you. 
everyone can have whatever life you want. Like it's all there. You look at all the success stories that you hear of stars that accomplish crazy things. Like I was a 17 year old girl that hadn't gone to college, you know, that never, like, you know, that never did, like, I couldn't have imagined the life I had. But so what's stopping people sometimes? And a lot of times it's our own internal image and also just not having the space. You know, we don't have conversations like that with our friends. People don't have the space to share some of these things. And, you know, I think there's things like therapy where you're working through issues, but you have to also know where you're working towards. So by setting goals and I, I love the work I do. I feel it's and that's like why I even named the podcast about the trifecta because when you are aligned with your purpose, it feels really good. I will just say, and like everything else starts kind of coming together in a beautiful way. I can feel it. Like I can feel your alignment. Like I can feel your energy, and it's just like you want to be around that. And I love this notion of our ability to kind of refocus and decide there's, I was reading the book um, by the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Tutu. And they talk a lot about staying in positive states. Like we can stay in positive states and we know that things are going to happen, how we react to it and how we recover from it is so crucial. And being able to understand from the mindset and the spiritual place how does that come together? And so I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm like, I just, I want to read the book. I want to listen to you all the time. And, and I also, you know, as you talk, I'm just, I'm intrigued by your definition of wellness. We've done a lot in terms of understanding health and everyone is saying health and wellness, health and wellness, but health and wellness are actually different things. So what, how do you describe wellness? And, and I'm going to throw another one. And what's the future of that? Yeah. That's a great question. So wellness, the first, when someone says wellness, the thing that comes to me is balance. I feel like everything in life is balanced, right? There's the yin and the yang, there's hot and cold, like everything is trying to reach its perfect equilibrium. And our bodies, human beings, our minds are always just seek, like seeking to reach homeostasis and just to have that balance. And wellness is realizing that balance, balance of minds, balance of of soul, right? Like, am I just really stressed and have no joy? Am I, you know, it even goes down even to the gut, right? Like everything I do from a nutritional standpoint is really about balance. Like, are your mic is your microbiome balanced? Are your hormones in balance? It's all about understanding that balance. And the thing about it that's so beautiful is that something different for everyone, right? So I think that there it means something different from everyone. This is why the my my wellness practice is so hands-on. It's allowing people to understand what that balance means for them and what wellness means for them and giving them the space to experience that. When I think about the evolution of beauty and now we're talking, I feel like beauty and wellness, we're starting to see this like merging of it. Beauty used to be, I remember like old days, it's like, this is a beautiful red lipstick. Why? Because we say so, you know, and then we saw and like, you're just kind of <laughs> given this like expression of what beauty is supposed to be. Then it evolved to like, it's creative to you. And like, you know, it's everyone can kind of, everyone's beautiful and it's all inclusive. But now I think what's happening in the future of wellness and even in beauty as well, is this understanding that everyone is unique and what's really beautiful, like really beautiful for someone to look and feel and be their best is for them to have that perfect balance in all those key areas of their life. 
And I think people are starting to understand this. And I think even coming out of the pandemic and having this time to relax and like, you know what? I don't like waking up seven in the morning. I think I get my work, my best work done at night. You know, this little side hustle I started, I really think I like knitting. Like people have actually for the first time had this chance to kind of not be on the little like rat race treadmill and explore those different sides. And so I think the future of wellness is going to continue to be not just understanding balance. I think everyone's like meditate, get zen, but understanding what that balance means for each individual person and finding spaces that support them through that. Oh, I love that. It definitely is not a one size fits all. And I think it goes to what you said before, like we're each made differently. And so our bodies have different needs, no matter the color of our skin, (laughs) where we grew up, where we live, there's different things that are innate to us and understanding that our wellness journey may not be like yours, but understanding what that wellness journey is for you is so important. And I do, it's, it's, and it is exciting to think about on the other side of COVID, the the new careers, the new opportunities that have been created, the people who were able to step out on faith and that maybe would not have, you know, and we've all kind of pushed ourselves to the edge during this period. And so what does that look like to recalibrate, to find our balance, to find our equilibrium? And so I think especially for entrepreneurs, like there's so much, um, I'm saying psychological damage, but not in a negative way, but there's so much of being an entrepreneur and being an executive, being, you know, anyone who is really out there doing things. But as we focus on how do we protect entrepreneurs, how do we make sure that, that we have a space to grow and be nurtured? We cannot forget that we must take care of ourselves, and that wellness is really all we have with our one body to make sure that we are really doing all that we can in the world. 100% and like our own wellness. You know, it's interesting you mentioned race and things that have like that come up for us. Like, you know, I grew up in a very racist community coming up and it was very challenging. But at some point, you know, I had to decide, like, kind of reminds me of like beauty standards where there's really an episode on Top Model where like I cry in the mirror. Like I told you, that's a whole other podcast. Let me go on that story. But like, you know, my own image because I was trying to be something else, right? I was trying to like, you know, I had this idea that this was the beauty and this, it wasn't me. And I had to like fit in and I had to fit in. And even in corporate, to some extent, you have to fit in. And my real joy and my real success and actually my real beauty and like of what I'm being able to show up in the world and contribution to the world came when I was able to find the space to like explore what that is for me and find my own balance and find my own joy. And that's at the core of like, Asri Wellness is what we're trying to give people the tools, the support, and the space to find. I, I'm like, I want to find, I want to find joy. I live in a state of, of positivity, so I'm all about like anything that brings joy overflowing. So I, I love this. I appreciate you. We're all going to go buy the book. We're all going to check out Asri Wellness and get our own equilibrium and balance and wellness practice together. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And before we close out the show, go ahead. I just wanted to offer, I don't know if you're going to say this, but I was going to make an offer to your audience. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I feel very strongly about this work with Asri and making making it accessible and helping people give people the space and have the tools to go through this. So I would highly encourage, I want all of your audience to join the Asri community where I share free information. I love to just talk and share kind of what's going on, but also all of the programs that I offer from group programs to one-on-one programs, 
I will be providing you with a discount code and I'll offer 25% off to all of your listeners just because honestly, imagine like if everyone was living at their best, like let me like, and, and also such a great community. And I've listened to your podcast and I feel like you have such a great audience. And so I'm, yes, I'm very excited to extend that offer to your, to your audience. Oh my gosh, Kelly, thank you so much. Cause I was going to hit you up about that. <laughs> I was just like, I have a whole, I have a whole situation. I so appreciate you doing that. And it's so, so, so important for our community. I was, um, like I mentioned, I'm doing some of my own health stuff and I was talking to a doctor, like, you know, um, a functional medicine doctor, my homeopathic doctor, my naturopathic doctor, like all these things. And just the stats of, of the black community, black and Hispanics in terms of, you know, we are losing our lives to things that can be corrected. That at this point, if we have the knowledge and we have the resources and we have a partner like yourself, we can overcome because some of it says you just don't know. You just don't know because that's the way it's always been in your family. And so I appreciate you because knowledge is power. And if we can have the knowledge and the resources without having to go out and do all these things that cost so much money, then we as a community will survive longer. We'll have better lives. We'll have joy. So thank you for offering that. Oh, Kendra, so well said. Yes, exactly. Like I, I'm experiencing Thanks. it. So before I let you go, um, we always ask our guests, what's one brand that you're excited about? And this is really about community sharing, you know, just things that we should check out to help ourselves for things that you're coveting. Oh, goodness. So it's not a brand, but it's been a, it's a product actually. Okay. So yes. dry brushing, dry brushing is can I tell you, I think, so I'm, I'm so happy, excited to be getting married, but wedding planning, and I've also like, and I'm marrying an Indian man, never been to an Indian wedding. So like, there's a whole other level of stress to it. But I have to say, dry brushing, sometimes when I'm feeling sluggish, or, you know, whatever's going on, dry brushing, so basically, it's a bore, a bristle, bore bristle brush, and you just draw, you brush it in long strokes along your entire body, always going towards the heart. And what it does is it helps to drain and stimulate circulation and help drain your lymphatic system. Every time I do it, it also has this way, I don't know if it's happening or if I'm just like thinking about it, but it literally just kind of moves energy. And it has been not only that, but your skin feels amazing. I glow, it helps with cellulite, but then also I know internally, I'm just letting go of things. So I feel like that's a nice product that it physically has these amazing benefits emotionally and just health-wise. I think it's a great product that everyone should be using and you can get a dry brush anywhere. Oh my God. I, as you said it at my jaw, like I literally started dry brushing and it's everything that you said. Now you've helped me because I didn't know I needed to go towards my heart. I'm like, boop, 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 blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's, it, it feels, and I was just like, is this like, like, I was like, is this a placebo effect? Like, do I, but you feel so good. It's like, you're brushing and brushing. Now I've got to go this way. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that you brought up dry brushing. We have never had that come up on the show before. And I think people underestimate these little hacks because it does, it feels very cleansing. That's an, Excellent one. Dry brushing. (laughs) We've done it. We've we've tackled it. We're getting our balance together. I learned a new term, neuro-linguistic programming. I love it. I'm signed up for your newsletter. I'm having my sugar-free oatmeal. I appreciate you. So thank you for giving um, our listeners 
that code off. I'll make sure that everyone knows about it, that we're supporting you. And thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Oh, thank you. This was such a beautiful interview. I love spending time with you, Kendra. Thank you. And with that, every week I share an influencer I'm checking out. Make sure to follow at Black Girls Breathing. I think given everything that we've discussed today, taking a moment to join Black Girls Breathing in their breathing circle um, is exactly what we need. So again, that's at Black Girls Breathing. And as always, I want to leave you with something from today's guest. And the thing that I really took away amongst other things was this notion of an after list. And I love how Kelly talked about if you could wave a wand and do anything, what would you envision? What would you look like? What would yourself be like? And so I encourage you all to create your after list and to really think deeply, think about balance, think about how you see yourself and how you want to see yourself. So until next week, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode and your feedback means so much to us. Make sure you leave five stars and a review. Until then. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fish Mar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. And on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a mean old line media production.